Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Mental Health Check-In. Um, today's guest, I have Michael from Big Brother 24, a.k.a. the Comp Beast. How are you doing today, man? I am doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Very excited to be here. Yes, yes. Let's just dig right in. My yes, first yes. question for you, um, I ask everybody this question when they come on. It's like my number one question I have to ask before we get into a mental health conversation. How is your mental health? Um, I would say I'm doing okay. Um, I'm kind of in a weird space coming off the show. I think for me, um, this doing Big Brother was a dream that I'd had since I was literally like eight years old. So to achieve something after 21 years and now it's like, okay, like now what? Because I'm, I'm very much like a what's next type of person. Um, it's like this was always the biggest goal and I'm like, okay, like now I, I guess I got to find something else. So that's kind of like thrown me off a little bit, but um, overall I'm doing really well. That's good. I'm glad that you are doing well. I know being on a show like Big Brother is not easy, you know, <laughs> you know, I had to come out of there and, you know, probably rewatch some stuff and just, you know, hear stuff. And I'm just glad that you're doing okay, you know? Yeah. And I think I had prepped myself going in, um, so like being such a big fan and like um, I've, you know, follow a lot of people, you know, who've been on the yeah. show and who have talked about their experience. And, you know, there are some people who have come off the show have been like, you know, I didn't trust my family or my friends. Also, yeah. like, oh my gosh, like I am going to be all messed up when I get out of here. It's like the fact that I wasn't, I was thinking I was expecting it to be a lot harder than it has been. So I think maybe yeah. like the expectation of like, okay, I'm doing better than I expected. So I'm I'm feeling good about that. <laughs> <laughs> that's good um my next question for you growing up michael was it okay not to be okay for you no not at all so i grew up in a very like traditional household like my parents you know are very like conservative religious people and like especially my dad was very much you know men have to be men and like even yeah. like as a kid, it was like, boys don't cry, you know, like, he's even said, like, when I ask someone how they're doing, I, I want them to just tell me that they're fine. And then we move on. It was like, oh, so like, growing up, like emotions, and I think I still even like, to this day, struggle to like, fully express my emotions, because it's been so ingrained into me that it's not okay. And it's like, that's something that I've tried really hard to, like, break out of. Um, but growing up, yeah, it was definitely not okay. Like, it was like, you know, I'll give you a reason to cry, you know, like that kind of stuff. So it's, um, you know, I, I definitely don't feel that way at all. Uh, I don't share those same views, but that growing up, that was definitely kind of the vibe that my my parents put out there. Yeah, I, um, I know every household is different. You know, everybody grew up different where it was okay and not okay. I also love to ask that question because you just never know, you know, mm -hmm you know growing up like some people it was okay for them not to be okay some people it wasn't you know so I'm, thank you for answering that you know real raw honest thank you for answering it yeah and i uh, think that's part of you know like what you're doing is so great it's like we are now more comfortable to talk about it and like it's yeah. okay and like breaking down that stigma i think even just acknowledging um because because you know it's just like 
your mental health is just as important as your physical health. Like, why are we ashamed to talk about this? And it's just like so bizarre to me that like there's a whole like it seems very common for like older generations. It's like, oh, we just yeah. don't talk about it. It's like, why? We all go through it. We can all help each other. Like it just makes no sense to me. <laughs> yes. Um, my next question for you. Um, you know, there's a stigma. I ask, I, ask, I like to ask guys this questions, this question right here. There's a stigma around the mental health. But there also is a stigma around the men's mental health. They say we can't be weak. We can't cry. We can't show emotions. You know, we have to man up. We have to be um, macho. Like, what do you say to that stigma surrounding men's mental health? Yeah, I just think that's so ridiculous. Like, we are all human beings. We all have the same emotions and everyone should be allowed to process that and to show those. And I just think, like, for me, it's just so weird that people like if someone says like, Oh, I'm emotional. Like we immediately like equate that with weakness. Like, I think that's like an actually a really big strength. I think it takes a very strong person to be vulnerable and to be honest and open. And when you're showing your emotions and truly expressing yourself and how you feel, I think that is a huge strength. And I know like specifically in the house, um, like Alyssa would talk about, she was uh, yeah. being an emotional person and she'd be like, and she would apologize all the time. It's like, you don't need to apologize for showing your emotions. And there was one night when we all went around and talked about like things that we admire about each other. And that was, yeah. something that I said to her. It was like, I admire that you are so like in touch with your emotions and you feel comfortable yeah. expressing them because that's just not the background that I've had. And I still am like working on that. And I think, so I think it's such a big strength. And especially with men, you know, that we're told, you know, it's not manly to cry or to do X, Y, or Z. It's just like, I don't know. I just, I think it's so ridiculous and I don't understand it. And I think everyone should just be free to express themselves. And I think it's very healthy and I think the world would be a better place. And I mean, like, I don't know, I don't want to go like too deep, but it's just like, I, I don't think there, it's a coincidence that um you know like i I work as a criminal defense attorney that most violent offenses are committed by men most mass shooting almost all mass shootings are men like i think there's a correlation there between men's mental health and the way that we deal with it and the way that men are taught to process emotions that spill over as an adult if you don't learn how to properly address that and feel that and show that that it can come out in some really unhealthy ways that's so true. Thank you. Thank you for that. I gave some stuff to think of. <laughs> All mass shootings, you know, there has been men. I didn't think of that. Thank you for um, um, saying that. Um, my next question for you, if you are able to, you know, um, are you able to share your come out story? You know, everybody has a different come out story. You know, mine was not so good. It was so bad. <laughs> but, you know, everybody has different, you know, can you share your story, you know, and if it was good or bad mentally for you, you know, some you know, people have different come out stories. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So mine is like good and bad, but I always want people to like take away the good parts of it because yeah. um, so like I am super lucky that I have some incredibly supportive friends. Um, they were the first people that I came out to that I met in college and like I don't know where I would be without them because they have helped me through a lot. So that is like the overarching thing that I'm a big believer in chosen family. And I have a lot of friends that I really do consider family. Um, So from that standpoint, that was great. Um, So, I mean, I mentioned just before, you know, I grew up in a very conservative religious household. So uh, my parents are not um, supportive of me being gay. Um, I came out to them when I was... 22 I think it was right after I'd graduated college um and they were 
you know, it did, it did not go well. My data went oh, like as good as expected. It was, you know, like, I, I don't agree with it, but I still love you. Uh, my mom had a much more difficult time with it. Um, uh, she, she threw up when I told her that she was that upset, which like, I can look back and like, I, I know it's not funny, but like, yeah. I, I laughed through it to kind of like, um, whatever, yeah. but, um, and you know, there were a lot of really hurtful and harmful things said to me in that yeah. time. And uh, so like, that was really tough for me. Um, you know, when it's like the people who are supposed to love you and support you unconditionally yeah. don't for something that is not within my control, it's, it's yeah. really difficult. And there was a time when, um, you know, I, and it was just like, everything in my life was like kind of changing. So like I had yeah. moved after I had graduated college to start a new job. I didn't know anyone where I was living. Um, and then, you know, coming out to my family went horribly because my coming out to my family went horribly. Um, the, my ex who I was dating at the time was like, I don't want to deal with your baggage. Like you need to handle this. So like everything. And then it like, job that I started like wasn't I did not like it at all so it's like everything is falling apart right now and I just remember having this moment when I was like in my apartment and I was like I can like give up and crumble right now or I can pick myself up and I can like be strong for myself because you know I was like it's me and my cat right now is what I've got and I can like show all these people who are putting me through hell like like you and what value you place on me does not matter. And it's, you know, my strength from inside that I'm going to rely on. So um, that's really how I got through it. And, um, you know, maybe I was like a little vindictive, like I'm going to show them, like I can do this in spite of all that. Like maybe that's not the best attitude to take towards things, but you know what? It helped me in that moment. And I, you know, I got to a much better place where it's like, okay, I'm not doing this to spite anyone. I'm doing this for me, but, um, but yeah, so um, ultimately, like, it, I did have a rough time coming out and, you know, like where things stand now, like I've still got, you know, my family or uh, my, my chosen family, my friends, uh, my fiance, um, and his family is incredible. I love them. Um, so that's been really good. I'm still not really on, uh, I'm not on speaking terms with my mom. I yeah. t- text with my dad every once in a while, but it's very like superficial. Mm-hmm. Like I've never been asked about my fiance. Um, or anything besides work or my cat are like the only topics that like are okay to talk about. So, you know, and for me, it's, I don't believe you can have a genuine authentic relationship if you're only going to ask about those two things. Um, and I've made that very clear in how I feel and, you know, they've made it clear how they feel and whatever happens will happen. But ultimately I know I've got a great support system and um, I'm not going to compromise myself. Yes. I want to highlight um to the listeners that's something that mike said um your cho- his chosen family remember that is available to you um i remember coming out it was so bad i was called so many names by my brother and my father and stuff like that i still hold that in even though we're cool now i just still hold it in probably know they probably would never accept my lifestyle and everything but you know i don't care but you know remember guys michael said chosen family chosen family is out there so somebody out there that would love you I know there's a lot of like teens and everything that's scared to come out or if they come out, they get thrown out and stuff like that. I one of my friends, um, Dante Austin, he died by suicide. He was helping with a homeless shelter for teens um, in Philadelphia, you know, that's getting thrown out. So, you know, make sure you guys come out when you want to. Don't let nobody force you to come out. I know sometimes everybody's story is different. You know, sometimes you want to come out. Sometimes you're forced to come out. You know, just make sure, like Michael said, that chosen family. I want to highlight that word, chosen family. Chosen family 
people that's going to accept you for who you are and they are family better than your own family <laughs> most of the time yeah. i've <laughs> always said that it's like you know yeah. the fact that i share dna with some people does yeah. not mean that you know other relationships yeah. that i have are less important and you know i i love that you know as a whole, we do value family and, you know, make that a priority, but yeah. it doesn't make you any less of a person or anything. Like if you don't have those relationships, I don't yeah. think you should let anyone treat you like shit because you oh share DNA or, you know, <laughs> yes. do things that are, are not okay. I think there's, yeah. you know, setting boundaries is very healthy. And I think that's something that sometimes we struggle with when it comes to family, because we are kind yeah. of taught, like you love each other no matter what. And, you know, yes. that goes both ways. You have to, treat everyone with respect and you know if, there's, yeah. if you're not getting that like there's okay to set those boundaries and you know i think chosen family is just as important as biological family so um yeah that, definitely that's is. Thing that i believe in it definitely is um my next question for you before we get to the next question i want to say anybody out there that's struggling or any thoughts of suicide or any deep depression um is a suicide prevention lifeline out there. You could dial 988. 988 is a new number that they came up with that's short and easy. All you have to do is dial that number. If you're in crisis, you know someone is in crisis. Um, my next question for you, um, have you ever in your life had any thoughts of suicide or deep depression? If you haven't, have you lost anyone to suicide? Because you know it's very common in our community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I will say I'm very lucky that I have not lost anyone to suicide. Um, so I, I feel very fortunate there. Um, I would say when everything kind of was falling apart when I was coming out, like, and I was at my lowest, I was like, you know what, like, I when I was like, I'm at rock bottom right now, what do I do from here? And I was like, I can give up or I can, you know, try to put things back together and be strong for myself. And um, I'm I'm glad that I didn't let my mind go you know, fully to those places. Um, cause I was definitely having a rough time. Um, I will say that I, um, did, you know, I talked to a therapist and I am a big believer in therapy. Uh, that's another thing that I think needs yes. to be digitized as well as be made more available. Um, you know, it's just like you go to the doctor when you're feeling sick for something physical. Why don't we do the same for our mental health? Um, and I think even just like, cause I, and I remember like feeling so, like guilty that I was going to call. And I was like, why do I feel like ashamed yeah. that of, of ca- just calling and like trying to get an appointment? Like it was just, it's this thing that's been so ingrained into us that it's like, Oh, like, don't talk about it. And it's just like, no, like, like, cause for me, I'm a person who like just talking about things, I feel like a hundred thousand times better. So I'm like, yeah. why would I not do what I know is going to make me feel better because other people are like, Oh no, you should be embarrassed about that. Like, no, like you don't just be like, well, I'm going to walk around on a broken leg till it heals on its own. Maybe yes. no, you don't do that with your physical health. We should do the exact same for our mental health. Yes. I love that. Um, guys, if you are struggling or you know someone is struggling, you know, make sure you reach out and now that you know, I work volunteer for NAMI. Um, um, in Bucks County, PA, they got they had NAMI everywhere. It's a mental health organization. They provide free support groups, you know, online. Well, it's virtual now because, you know, COVID is <laughs> virtual. Um, you know, you can't find therapy right away because I know it's hard to find a psychiatrist now and a therapist right now because, you know, after COVID, just like everybody got so, so busy and everybody needed, you know, a therapist. So, you know, support groups are not intended to replace therapy, but it's some outlet to talk, you know, make sure you guys, you know, Google, do your research, you know, my friend, 
Becca always says, better to have a man friend than a dead friend. And I <laughs> cannot agree with it, you know. So like a hypocrite myself, because I struggle with my own mental health, you know. Uh, you know, I talk about my story, you know, wrote a book about me being sexually abused and everything by two of my cousins, you know. And um, I still struggle this day, guys. You know, make sure you reach out. I, like I said, I feel like a hypocrite because I don't, like I reach out, but I don't, you know, make sure you guys are, you know, talking to somebody that you trust, you know, wherever that look like a friend, a fiance, a husband, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, whoever that is, make sure you think um, that you could trust them. And remember, not everybody will understand mental health. Sometimes you have to teach somebody about mental health. I'm learning that right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> learning that right now. <laughs> um, my next question for you, let's talk about law school. How was that mentally? You know, how I know law school was a lot of years. So <laughs> how was that? Yeah, I so I feel like I kind of had a unique experience with law school in that, um, number one, I've always been a nerd. I love school. Um, so I, I, I actually enjoyed my time in law school. And for me, um, prior to law school, so I went to undergrad for computer science because that's what yes. my parents told me, like, that's a you know, uh, a stable job. Cause at the time when I was in high school, um, the legal field, I was interested in going to law school, but the job market for law was not good. Um, and so my parents were like, that's not practical to go into a field that's not hiring. So you should do something. And I was always good at math and science. So they were like, you need to do that. And I, I was, I was dumb and I listened to them, which I, you know, I have another thing I'm a big believer in is, you know, doing what's going to make you happy because you're trying to please other people and they're happy. Like that doesn't really matter if you're miserable doing it. And that's exactly where I ended up. I ended up in a job that I was not happy in doing something that I wasn't passionate about. So going to law school for me, it was, um, you know, something that was like, I'm doing this for myself. Like my family did not agree with my decision to quit a stable job to go to school yeah. uh, back to school um but I was like I I actually um uh, like I took my LSAT I applied I got it wow. I accepted and then I told everyone like I'm going to school I'm like I'm not letting anyone dissuade me from this like this is my decision and I'm going to yeah. tell you this is what I'm doing and you can either be happy and supportive or or not but I'm doing it regardless you're not going to talk me out of it yeah. so Law school for me really was like, I am finally for the first time in my life doing something for myself. This is my decision that I made for me. I'm not letting my parents control what I'm doing or influence. So for me, that was very freeing. And like, yes, law school is incredibly stressful and it was tough and it was hard. But I think having that perspective where I'm like, I'm doing this because this is my choice and I want to do it. That always, that really helped and kind of grounded me and like, you know what, it's, I'll get through it and it'll be fine. But um, one thing cool about the law school that I went to, they actually had a, um, like a counselor who's a therapist, like physically oh, wow. site. So, and you got like so many free sessions with her. So like that, like I talked to her a couple times, um, you know, things were feeling overwhelming. So I, I thought that was really cool that the school that I went to really prioritized mental health and they recognized yeah. that burnout, especially in the legal community is a big problem um and so that, that yeah. was really good to just be in an environment where they understood that that's good that's good that they had a therapist that's so <laughs> shout out mm-hmm. to the your school shout out to them <laughs> um you know therapy is important guys make sure you guys get into therapy i try to find a therapist you know not every therapist is going to be for you you know as long as you keep searching just please get into therapy um okay the next question you know big brother how was that mentally? You know, I probably I know a lot of y'all not used to cameras just being everywhere. So how was that mentally for you? 
Yeah. Um, it's funny. So like, I think again, it goes back to like, I prepped myself so much and like, listened to like all these interviews with people that I could, who have been on the show before. Um, so I felt like I actually did okay. Um, there wasn't anything that really surprised me too much. And, um, there's, I remember having a conversation, I think it was with Brittany and Indy, um, who are both people who share their emotions freely. And they asked me like, you know, you always like seem to have it like, so together, like, like, are you actually okay? Or like, you know, like what's going on? Like, and I remember just telling them, I was like, you know what, the worst things that anyone could say or do to me have already happened outside this house. There's nothing in here that is worse than what like my mom has said to me or like things like that. So I, I, come from like just like from my background I was like you know there's really nothing in here that's going to get to me like on a personal level that has already happened outside of here so I think that kind of helped me like you know is like bad as that may be like this is nothing compared to like other things so that kind of helped I think um in a in a strange way that I was just like oh like okay like this person's coming after me in the game like okay like it's a game yeah. and, like I don't take that personally. So I think that kind of helped coming from that perspective, but um, it was definitely an adjustment with, you know, cameras and knowing that, you know, there's live feeders watching us all the time. Um, And so there definitely was some of that pressure, but I I think just knowing the show so well and listening to interviews with people, I I think I was prepared for that. And I kind of like mentally prepped. So it, it wasn't, it wasn't too bad for me. I think I held up pretty well in there, which, and again, I think I was expecting it to be, so much more difficult and built it up in my head that when I was like, okay, like I'm not, yeah. I'm expecting it to be a 100 and it's, you know, a, a 75, like oh, yeah. that's gonna be way worse. So do you, have, do you have any regrets or anything? You know, like how, like, I, like, I probably couldn't do that, but I know y'all have to, so some of y'all watch the show back, you know, watch, <laughs> I know it's a lot. Do you have like any regrets or anything you might've said or any, you know, like, damn, my bad. I, you know, you know, because sometimes I feel like if it's a, like, I couldn't get used to a camera being there. That's just me. I cannot get used to I don't know how y'all did that. Yeah. Um, I definitely do have some regrets about uh, things in the game. I think, you know, for the, for the most part, the, the two big, well, things that I feel like are non-game related, like, I obviously have like a bunch of like game regrets that I won't go into, but I definitely yeah. think I, I wish I would have been more vocal to more people about um, how I felt about how Taylor was being treated in the beginning of the game. I remember talking with Brittany about it, um, but I I wish I would have voiced that more as a whole because I always really liked Taylor from the beginning. Um, It's funny, actually, one of the things that I was like, when I, we had this conversation, I think it was night three where we all like sat around and we like, we talked, we got like very deep and very personal with each other, like all 16 of us. And Taylor said some, like, made a joke about, like, she doesn't stab people in the back. She'll stab them in the front. And, like, from that moment on, oh, she's so, so kind of, number one, I thought that was funny because I was like, I love the game and I I respect that. But um, when we were, like, you know, in some of the deeper stuff that she was talking about, she also mentioned, like, chosen family and how she has, like, a lot of really close friends. And, like, for me, I was like, this is someone, like, I think she, she gets where I'm coming from. And, like, that was a conversation that I left really liking Taylor and some people because she made that one joke were, like, you know, oh, she's got to go first. And um, yeah. so I wish I would have been more vocal about stand and standing up for her. Um, yeah. I like, cause I loved her from, you know, week one. Uh, so I definitely regret that. Um, yeah. the other thing that I regret, um, and I'm sure everyone who watched the show knows, you know, the whole situation with Kyle, I wish I would have wow. been 
more direct um, in challenging him and shutting things down immediately. Um, Cause I definitely watch things back and I'm like, Oh, like I can hear myself like lawyering with him where it's like when my client's telling me something I know is a lie and I'll be like, well, yeah. I'm not, I'm not calling you a liar, but you know, and like kind of like tiptoeing around it because the second that I come direct, they're going to shut down and blah, blah. And it's like, Oh, like that was not at all the approach I should have taken. And I will, you know, admit fault there regardless of what my, you know, my intention was never to, I never wanted to encourage that or promote him to do that, but in not being direct, I think I definitely led him to believe I was on board or that's what I was doing. So I will always regret that. Um, And I think, you know, that was something that I, you know, in the game, like the week after, or like the couple days after we had like we all just talked about it in the house. Like I, my mentally, I was fried. Like I remember just like laying out in the pool and I was like, I know that the game is still happening because that's the game and it never stops. But I was like, I just do not mentally have it in me right now to go scheme and to go do this and that. And I know that's not smart, but I was just like so drained at that point. And um, it plays on your your mental. That's great. That's mm -hmm. wow. Yeah, I th- that was definitely the the hardest week in the house for me. Um, it was just a, a mentally and emotionally draining week, I think, for everyone. And um, not something that you expect going in because you expect it to be draining because of gameplay or missing family. And so when something like this comes into the game, it was yeah. I think that was the one thing that I was not prepared for. Yeah, you know, we all human. We make mistakes. <laughs> I have my regrets and stuff. Um, I got two more questions, and I'll be done. My next question for you: What are some good coping skills that you can recommend to somebody that's listening? You know, that prioritize their mental health. Yeah, um, I mean, I think just right there, prioritizing mental health. I think, um, it, like, I, I kind of phrase it as like, we need to be kind to ourselves. Um, in that, you know, we have to give ourselves some grace and be like, you know, it is okay to not be okay right now. And it is okay. I don't have to put on a brave face. Like I can express my emotions or if I'm struggling, it is okay to ask for help. Um, and I think, I just think like we hold ourselves to like such a high standard so much of the time where, you know, we expect ourselves to be perfect and have it all together. And, you know, we look at other people and we compare ourselves and it's just like, not what we need to be doing. Like, you know, everyone's path and journey looks different. And if you're comparing yourself to somebody else, like you are two different people in very different places. It's just so important to focus on yourself and give yourself permission to feel all of your feelings and work through them. Cause I'm definitely someone who I'm guilty of. Like I sometimes like bottle things up and when ever I do that, I'm like, I know it's not smart to do that. Cause I know like eventually it doesn't go away. So I think giving yourself the space and the time to fully prioritize your mental health and to talk about it. Um, I, like I said, I'm a big believer in therapy. I know it's not readily accessible. Um, and I know that's a barrier that sometimes stop some people. Um, but if you have access to it, you know, even if you don't think you need it, it's better to have it than like when you're, you know, at, the end of your rope to then try to get in. And now because of COVID, you know, it's two months before you can get an appointment. You know, I think it's important to have things in place to, you know, you know, it's like you go to the doctor for a physical, uh, even if you maybe aren't feeling sick because your checkup or whatever. So um, 
I don't know. That, I feel like I was rambly. It was all over the place. But I think, no, that was good. <laughs> yeah, I think just recognizing how important it is and giving yourself permission, you know, to be kind to yourself and take care of yourself. Because if you're running on, because again, I think we try to do so much for other people. But if you're on empty, your battery's at zero, you have no more to give to other yes. people. Like, charge yes. yourself first. Yes, that's so good. That's so good. But they said you can't pour from an empty cup. That's what they said. Yes. Yeah, that's what they said. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Um, my last question for you, um, I'd like to end this off asking you, like, what's next for Michael? What's going on? You know, life at the Big Brother, you know, you still a lawyer. Like, what's going on with you? Pretty sure I'm yeah. a, a wetness coming. But, you know, what's going on with you next? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I always said, like, going into Big Brother, because um, I know there are some people who, you know, t- try to use reality TV as like a springboard for, you know, to get into social media influencing or whatever other goals they might have. Like that was never my, what I went into this experience for. And, you know, everyone goes in for different reasons. But for me, it was like, I love the game. I want to play the game. And if I go back and my life does not change at all, I'm happy to go back to my fiance, my cats and, you know, a field of work that I love. So um, I've, for the most part, I think my life's going to go pretty much go back to the way that it was. You know, I had an incredible experience. Um, Definitely, you know, look forward to, you know, interacting with people and still continuing to talk about the show. But, you know, I I never wanted to do Big Brother to like turn my life upside down and completely switch gears. But, um, you know, we'll see. I, I always said, you know, if any opportunities come from this, I'm not gonna, you know, rule those out but um i i'm very happy with my life as it is and i'm very happy to to be back um i love playing the game but um so we'll see i think i'm just gonna keep doing my thing and we'll see where that takes me (laughs) yes a fiance the kids and a degree to fall on i just want to say um thank you for being a guest on here i appreciate you for coming on talking mental health i know it's not easy in a world to talk about mental health and like i thrive off of having conversations with men you know, yeah, men, but, you know, men in our community about mental health and stuff like that, because people don't understand, you know, a lot of um, the LGBT community, they we go through a lot of mental health stuff, you know, we go through mental health stuff, and then, you know, we get judged for it, then we get judged for being gay, and it's just like a lot that comes with it and stuff like that, so I'm happy that we was able to talk about this today, and I thank you for coming on and having this deep conversation. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, like I said, sometimes these conversations are tough but i hope that people listening to conversations like this will be inspired to have them in their life and we can break down that stigma thank you jay i'm done